Hello and welcome to First Geek 411. This is episode 121, and I'm your host, Cameron Franklin. With me, as always, is my best man, Chris Nicolay. Chris, how you doing today? I'm tired. Yeah. I don't know. I shouldn't be tired, because it's not like I've been doing anything other than work and laying in bed. That's a lie. I've been doing a lot. You've been busy. Yeah. What about you? Doing well, doing well. Ready? Excited to podcast, all that kind of stuff. I'm, um, we'll get into this and like the what I've been up to, but I'm working from home. And so I'm just happy to have people to talk to. And that's why I'm going to let you edit this week. I can do that. With that, um, before we jump into our show, as always, listeners, you can find us on our social media, which is OneGeek411 on Facebook, Twitter, and our PlayStation community. Of course, you can send us an email at 1stgeek411 at gmail.com. You can rate and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, and we read five-star reviews on the air. And then, of course, you can check out our show notes at onegeek411.com. This week, we are talking about yet another next-gen console specs. Um, PETA, turns out, doesn't like a certain new game. A bunch of movies are coming out early, or coming home early. And then we're going to talk about our top three schools, jobs, and businesses. But before we jump into that, Chris, what have you been up to this past week? Not a whole lot. Uh, A whole lot, but nothing really fun outside of Animal Crossing came out last weekend. So I've been on that grind, I guess, because that's all that game is. Maybe that's why I like it so much. A whole lot of running around, catching insects, and fishing. Mm Mm-hmm. And chopping down trees and hitting rocks with shovels. Just like real life. Yeah. I wish it was that easy to pay off a house. <laughs> <For real. laughs> Let me just run around, pick up these shells, and sell them to this guy that, and just sell them to the guy that built my house, and then pay him back with the money. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that'd be nice. I'd be beholden to a uh, raccoon if that was the case. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but other than Animal Crossing, I've been, I don't know, probably some shows here and there, but I can't, nothing exciting comes to mind at this time, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, I watched Frozen 2. Woo! What'd you think? It was good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah. I like the songs. I like the power ballad, especially. I guess, I like, nothing stands out to me musically um, in it, but I, I definitely enjoyed, like, the world development and the things that happened and took place mm-hmm. but other than that yeah that's just me just work and that and work and work what about you been good like i said at the top of the show been working from home um since mid last week uh, which is going pretty well like my extrovert though is a g- getting a bit like antsy um so i just have no one to talk to during the day and so um it is what it is there and other than that, um, a lot of like the normal things, just a lot more since we can't go out. So I've been playing Magic Arena um, because it turns out they unbanned Field of the Dead and Historic so I can p- play one of my favorite decks again. So <laughs> that's nice. Um, playing that, playing the Division 2. I'm back on the World of Light and Super Smash Brothers. And then I picked up Team Fight Tactics, um, which is the League of Legends auto chess battler thing because it came to mobile interesting it is a game 
they're like the first two times I played it, I got first and second place. And then the other times I've played it, I've gotten seventh and eighth. And I'm not really sure like what I was doing differently. Like, I know like I picked different units, but like, it's one of those things that I'm, I'm just not sure what was different, but I enjoy it. It's a fun way to kill a bit of time. Um, but, and I love the league of legends world and those characters and their designs and that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, so doing that. And then this past Sunday we played, um, D and D online via roll 20. Um, it's really fun to be fifth level characters and get extra attacks and stuff like that. And, um, so that's been a, been a lot of fun. Um, hopefully I'll be DMing again, um, for the group that I ran the one shot for kill them all. And so I did almost do that. And so I hit our bard for like 95% of her health. I think I left her at two HP with a charge. And so got her. What you're um, really going for is that instant player death, though. Yeah. Like where you do enough damage that they're automatically dead. They don't. Do, <laughs> they lose all their saving throws. <laughs> Done. Yeah. We'll see. I'm gonna do that to my guys. Just throw them right off a boat because we're kind of doing like piratey, like relics and rarities. So they're going around like collecting like cool relics for this nice. place that they work for. Um. Yeah. And so we're doing that. Um, hopefully soon. Um, we don't have a specific date yet, but I'm excited to DM again some more. And then Deanna and I have been playing some board games. We've been playing King Domino, Lords of Waterdeep, and then Roll for the Galaxy. And so um, it's been a ton of fun playing those games, as always, which was why they're in my collection. That's true. But, but yeah, I'm excited about that. I still need to um, get Seventh Continent back out, but that might be like a over the weekend kind of thing since that's a bit of a long one. So we'll see what it's not a after work. Yeah. I mean, it's a like, game. It is a <laughs> game that has a way to save. So you can come back to it later. So, yeah. So I don't see the problem with playing there in a week. Um, yeah. So I mean, turn it into would, a week long event. Yeah. It would definitely just be like a leave it up kind of thing. Like a game that we'll talk about in our tangible segment, but so that we can get there. Let's start in our uh, news segments. First of all, with PlayStation, we have gotten our PlayStation 5 specs. There was a reveal this past week, and um, it turns out it has specs. Chris, you watched it live. What were your impressions? I did. Uh, so I, I like the overall. So what we, sh- we should note that ultimately, hardware-wise and spec-wise, um, the PlayStation 5 is less powerful um, in terms of sheer numbers than the Xbox One X. Mm-hmm. Um, what they are emphasizing is new, I guess, memory capabilities. So they are really leaning into next-gen um, technology and, and and also have designed a proprietary solid-state drive um, designed to function on the PlayStation 5. Why this is important, so like uh, we do have next-gen solid states coming out that do support up to, I think, like seven gigabits per second um, in data transfer, um, which they're not entirely using, but they're, they've incorporated this other things, but that, that's still not, that's not consumer level yet. Um, it's still faster than any solid states we have in terms of memory transfer. 
and the speeds that it can reaches. So, okay, so the solid state drive has five and a half gigabytes compared to, I think, our standard three gigabits per second. Um, or gigabytes, gigabytes per second spe- uh, read speeds, which is faster than any consumer solid state at this time. Why that's important is because they are emphasizing a way instead of having your all of your hardware constantly have to process things as you make decisions. It's actually processing it and then storing it for in anticipation of decisions you might make and then sending that straight to um, your peripherals. So they have like six levels of like priority coming off the solid state. So this is all entirely proprietary hardware pieces, but it is the concept behind it is just kind of really fascinating. Um, but we won't bore you guys with those types, uh, with all of that information. I think this will actually have a better potential than just straight out flat power that we're going to see, um, from Microsoft's product. Right. And that's one of the things that we saw PlayStation fives coming in with 10.3 teraflops, um, compared to the Xbox series X's 12. And so Sony was quick to point out that like, it's not all about the flops, which I mean, of course, is what anyone would say that's having less flops, but I mean, it's true, but it is true. Yeah, it is. It is true. Like it's not all about that power. And so to your point with the like, and, and Xbox is rocking some of that same ideas with solid state drives and that kind of thing. But like, right. I mean, if we can get those games super like to load super fast, get those convenience things, I'm interested Right. So we're going to see a good competition. So we should say, so Xbox, where Xbox is different, they have gone more power. So yeah, as we mentioned, 12 uh, teraflops um, on top of a solid state drive, which is near like current gen at the three, uh, three and a half, four, possibly four, um, but not quite the speeds that we're going to see and not nothing like necessarily proprietary also playstation is working on with other hardware manufacturers to make sure that like right now the solid state drive that comes in it is a 825 gigabyte drive really random number really not like your standard hardware number um but very intentional in it their reasoning and the concept behind it also picking a sweet spot to kind of assist in keeping costs down and things of the sort um, mm-hmm. you will still have the option to, uh, a plug and play hard drive, Yep, which I will be doing. You will not be able to run PlayStation five games from that plug and play hard drive. Oh, really? Yes. Because PlayStation five is the games are designed to operate on the proprietary, uh, the priority levels mm. of their pri- pro- pro- proprietary technology that they are developing for the system. So they are recommending if you are, but your PlayStation 4 backlog and digital games run those off that any any plug and play hard drive. That's perfectly fine. They're not optimized to operate. They're still going to be sped up because you're running on the new hardware and everything. It's just that um, PlayStation 5 games won't run well off of a standard hard drive. And you're going to, yeah, everything's going to slow way down by doing so. But essentially, they are trying to make essentially your hard drive operate like RAM. Um, while they are running DDR6, 16 gigabytes, um, really fast speeds and everything. All in all, this is it, it's going to be, I think the hardware is going to look very, in general, the hardware looks very similar between the two. They're running, they're both uh, running eight core Zen 2 processors at 16 threads, 
clocked to different frequencies. Um, one thing PlayStation is doing is they are actually saying instead of having their system like work harder to keep up with current loads, they're actually going to have the system run at a constant load setting, then boost clock up when needs to. But in general, it's going to be operating at a higher power threshold than just what is required of it. Hmm. Also, all just tech jargon. A big thing um, for me was in, in terms of like usability is um, during this, they, they said that they had looked and the game um, PlayStation 5 was backwards compatible with the top 100 most played PS4 games um, or would be at launch. And since then, they've walked that number back and said it's actually a lot higher. Um, it just basically seems to come down to like almost like one to one in terms of testing the game and seeing if it'll work. Right. Um, and so hopefully we'll see the games that are not initially backwards compatible receive some kind of patch from their um, developers in order to get them brought up to those new settings or new whatever it is that they need. During this talk, we also heard, you know, uh, a lot about how the reason they're like a lot of the decisions they made on the system design and everything was due to working with developers and feedback from them, trying to give them freedom of, of and development of their games and things like that. Um, and yeah, it's, it's going to be great. But yeah, the backwards compatibility, they did go into a little more in depth in that and just how like, as it it's, they did a much better job explaining this this time around than they have in the past, mm -hmm. explaining why, what hurdles there are, especially for the way PlayStation develops units in pushing the technology forward. Um, and this is, it's, the way they explain it is very similar to the reason why, like, as we increase, like, in our standard computer software and the different bits of architecture, that's why our modern computers have trouble running. So, like, right now we're on 64-bit uh, operating systems. Typically, most of us are. Um, they have trouble running the old 16-bit software. Um, right. You have to essentially emulate a 16-bit system in your 64-bit system to properly run older software um and that's kind of and and explaining it that way it makes sense why backwards compatibility has always been a struggle for sony um not saying they're right by this but i'm i i'm interested to see how exactly like um exactly how things will look with what the ps4 library is going to look like um with the backwards compatibility but Xbox is still fully backwards compatible. Um, it's something that Sony gets criticized for a lot, but also it's something they don't work on because honestly, like they've done research into it. They look at it and the vast majority of players don't play older games too, in general. Like granted, the PS4 was such a big success. You want that backwards compatibility so you can promote buying this next-gen console. It's definitely one of those sellable features for that first year, especially that like, and we even mm -hmm. saw that with like the PS3, like with the initial PS3 being backwards compatible to PS2. Um, it's, it's definitely a more important feature earlier in the life cycle. And then, well, it's always a nice thing. And we definitely see like Microsoft leading in that. Um, it is interesting that a lot of people just don't use it, even though they say they want it. It's like a luxury. That's nice to know you have. Mm-hmm but it's really not necessary in terms of moving things forward. Um, I think right now, just with the big success to really promote uh, of the PS4, 
promoting next gen so like you can like using the brand new hardware that you just bought to play the big titles that you still want to play Mm -hmm. horizon final fantasy 7 is going to be a huge right um thing to see be able to see that pumped up to um what the specs are going to look like and those types of games um less load times on persona come on hey gotta do what you gotta do yeah and speaking of persona um I'm going to drop a video in the show notes called um, Persona 5, Is It Deep or Dumb by Wisecrack. Um, This is a video I came across actually today as of a recording. Um, It's a really cool look at the themes um, of Persona 5. There's obviously spoilers, but um, I'd recommend you play the game because as discussed um, in our previous episode, it is one of my top three games of the past decade. Um, And... Like why would, while I would highly recommend that it is also like a 120 hour JRPG. Um, and so I think it's really cool though to, even if you don't play it, I think you can appreciate kind of the effort and structure that went into kind of building the game, the way that they built it um, in terms of like motifs. And then um, one of the major themes is the seven deadly sins. Um, and so it's really cool to kind of see how all of that ties in um, and is put um, and it was explained really well. And so I want to get, I wanted to get that video a shout out and include it in our show notes for our listeners. Um, it's always good to appreciate like that extra work that goes into building a cool world on the other side. PETA turns out, um, is not overly happy with animal crossing. Why? Well, Chris, according to the this article, it is because you can do things like um, catch fish and bugs and put them in museums and people alive. are alive. People are so they're Well, they are at one point. I mean, no, in the museum, the bugs and fish are alive. Yeah. <laughs> they're even alive in the museum. Yeah. Got to do what you got to do. That's what I'm saying. And the only thing you eat are fruits <laughs> in the game. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. Like, are, are you suggesting Chris? That PETA did not think things all the way through. Do they ever? In the show notes, people will find a link to nintendolife.com because I did not want to link to PETA. Um, but um, the PETA's actual article is called The Vegan Guide to Animal Crossing. Um, and I just kind of want to shout this out because I think it's really funny. Like, um, one of my favorites is um, they have a section called Is Tom Nook Exploiting You? which um, goes on to explain that Tom is a raccoon dog, an animal that's often killed for its fur, um, and that we should probably cut him some slack because his family may have been beaten, electrocuted, gassed, or skinned alive. Like, it's things like this that make me look like, feel like PETA's very self-aware of what they post, too. So I feel like they did think this through, and they're just like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. It's like, no one takes it seriously anyway, so why should we take ourselves (laughs) seriously? It's like, there's probably a reason why they don't. Um are you being exploited by that's why I'm like, why doesn't PETA like this? This is like the reverse scenario. You're being exploited by an animal versus the, yeah. you exploiting animals. Yeah, he just brought you to this island and says, cool, now you owe me money. I built you a house. Pay me money. I, I didn't ask you to, but I did. Well, you I can't build live you anywhere house. else, so you have to live in the house that I built you. Right. Pay me money. <laughs> Speaking of which, have you seen the memes of people um, getting Tom Nook's nephews? And like trapping them, then like sending like the memes of like I have I have your nephews, <laughs> forgive my debt if you want them back. 
So people will like trap them outside so they can't get back. <laughs> That'd be great if that was real. Like if you could. <laughs> uh, now I want to trap someone. You do what you got to do. Just not the birds. Like you can build fences around people. So I might trap someone to see like if they stay there, like log out or like, I don't think they will. I think the system will glitch them out send them home or something mm-hmm. but like as soon as you change screens no i'm yeah. tempted hmm. like, like could you like build a fence even just like around somebody's home and then now they can't get home like that's what i'm wondering yeah like not like even just like specifically I, around them right if i obstruct them and like in a way that they literally can't leave will a game allow it if i change screens and come back will they still be there hmm, hmm. interesting hmm. more research is required yes Yes, more research is required. <laughs> the things you could do in this game, though, is, is is pretty awesome. Not only that, there's also there's a few gripes though, not also relating to uh, Animal Crossing. Not just Peta's gripes. Um, Nintendo did lock it down to one island per Switch, mm-hmm. which some families have a problem with sharing islands. Granted, if you only have one Switch, it's not like you can visit your family's islands anyway. I did I did see one of the major things with that is that if you're playing like as a family, like your progress as a second character is locked behind how far the first player has gone. Oh, so like, um, I I think that was originally in our show notes for last week and I took it out. Um, but yeah, so like if you are like, if you and I were sharing a switch cause it was the first geek Four Eleven switch. Um, and like you played an hour and then I got on, like I couldn't get to certain places if I tried to go past that hour based on whatever it was that you had unlocked. So what well, that, okay. That is a gripe. And, but the problem is a lot of people are like, so what they've d- started doing is they started bombarding reviews, zero star reviews on sites. Yeah. And so, so, so far animal crossing is well received. It's, it's received well by critics. It's re- been received by the general population. Problem is they, some people have some gripes with, the family aspect and the single island per switch. Mm-hmm. I don't like that idea. I wish it was just one per profile. Um, yeah. Switch profile, but hey, maybe you should just buy everyone a switch. Yeah. And this is one of those things that like, it's, it's that struggle of like, that is a very valid complaint, but does not mean you should be review bombing. Right. Like especially and, zero stars. Give it a one at least. Yeah. And and I've come out pretty hard like against user sco- user scores as a as a whole because I don't think they like, really mean anything because then it's so arbitrary um because of stuff like this. But yeah, people like I'm mean, like I'm looking on um Metacritic right now um for user scores. There's seven hundred and ninety positive, thirty-six mixed, and four hundred seventy negative. Like I guess ultimately a lot of this comes down to also people are quarantined. Mm-hmm. I think people are just overreacting because they have nothing better to do. Right. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Like I, they're, they, they have some good arguments as we mentioned, you know, the single Island uh, and then also progression locked behind the primary player. That's rough. That's mm-hmm. no fun. That's no bueno. And that'd be really inconvenient. Um, and then on, yeah, but I still have a problem with review bombing. But still, like, even with review bombing, still ranked fairly well, yep. all things considered. 
I'm just happy that these like review bombs are like actually like after the game came out and like, well, I yeah, don't agree with giving like, it a zero. Like at least it's about like actual features of it versus yeah. just like, I don't like the main character of this. And it also like when it's speculation. Yeah. I'm just like, Oh, I'm not, I'm critical of them because I heard this about it. It's like, have you played it yet? Yeah. <laughs> Cause we've seen that in the past. Yeah, we have. One of the things that, I saw this week that I thought was really cool is that Minecraft has begun offering educational options in the game for people that are home. And then the country of Poland um, has launched servers to convince people or to help convince people to stay inside. So you can now play on the like state sanctioned Poland server, which I think is amazing. They're just collecting data on you, Cameron. Well, I mean, I'm not doing that because, you know, but like, <laughs> but it's, I just think it's so cool. Like one of like, as like COVID is awful. Um, but one of the things that I think has been really interesting is seeing how like companies and countries adapt and seeing something like this, like where, where Poland is saying a lot of our people do this, like, let's use this as a way to help like fight this problem. I just think that's really cool. Um, and like, I really hope that like, you know, people in Poland actually use this. Um, cause that would be really sad if like they did it and it turns out no one there plays Minecraft, but like, I would just love to be in like that meeting where someone pitched like, what if we just made a Minecraft server? It's actually only people like pe- Poland People in Poland don't play Minecraft. It's only people in the Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> but they're all staying inside now playing Minecraft. Right. Wash your hands, people. Wash your hands. So that brings us to our next segment uh, movies, TV, and entertainment. Um, and kind of continuing this COVID um, talk. A bunch of movies are being released um, to home video a bit sooner than expected because of COVID. Um, and so when I, I saw this past week, the like theater industry posted like zero dollars because so many are sh- like shut down. Right. And like, so, so many, like, I mean, even here in Montana, we're not serious, but we are taking it seriously. Yeah. Um, we are, we're not exclusively quarantined, but pretty much all social function outside of work and work is greatly minimized in office at least. Um, for most places. So it's been, it's been interesting for sure. And so we'll throw a link to the, to the full list on, um, NY daily news, but onward, I think only did two weeks in the box office and is now, um, coming out for a digital purchase. And then it'll well, be, it on, is out for digital purchase. Yeah, it is out on digital purchase. It'll be coming to Disney plus on April 3rd. Thank you. Right. <laughs> um, which is like next week. You're right. Um, frozen two, was dropped early. We I think we discussed that last week. Star Wars um, The Rise of Skywalker will become available for purchase soon. Birds of Prey. Yeah, there's just uh, so many movies. Um, like Sonic the Hedgehog. A lot of them will be released like for purchase dis- digitally, not necessarily for streaming. This is another one of those things that like, I mean, you, de- you definitely assume some executives like ran the numbers and it's like we could continue to delay this or we could just go ahead and put it out and Right. Like right now, like hitting it now while people are like before lifts are happening or anything like that encourages people to purchase your product. Ultimately, Mm -hmm. since it is a digital product, something they can access 
it's probably drawn more people back into getting Disney Plus because, hey, your children can watch Frozen 2 now while they stay out of your hair while you work from home. Yeah. Or you can watch Frozen 2 because it's your jam, you know, whichever, yeah. or because obviously you can't. And, like, all, all in all, we did talk about, like, uh, certain shows coming early. Um, the cost of purchasing that for your family um, is cheaper than taking the family to the movies. Yep. So, I mean, they did a good job on that, too. Granted, you're still purchasing it, but that now you own it, too. Yeah. So it's not like it's a one-time outing event. That's all we have for movies, TV, and entertainment this week. So that brings us to our favorite named segment. News. Chris, what do we got this week? This week, we have a couple cool things happening. So this past week, we did get some uh, new Apple uh, announcements. Um, they officially have announced a new iPad Pro, which feels a lot like the Microsoft Surface Pro. Um, this is kind of like what we've been waiting for Apple to do because they've been they've had is is to really dive into the potential two in one market segment. They've been very adamant that touchscreens on laptops are no 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 go for them, hmm. and that ultimately it's either you're going to have the touchscreen in the tablet form or you have your laptop. They are going to be pushing into certain other factions of their business with this. But the so they've officially announced the iPad Pro and it is a tablet iPad tablet device with a keyboard and pen, very similar to the Microsoft Surfaces. Um, but it has some cool little features like the design of this thing is actually pretty nice. Um, from what I've seen, it has an interesting stand feature for how it like folds comes up and over the thing. So I don't know. It's good to see that they are moving in that direction um, to kind of reclaim some of their um, business that has always been with them um, in terms of the design industry and everything like that. Uh, and so good on them and actually paying attention to the market and not being so stubborn. Um, although now the question is, is like, what place does this have versus you, your iPad Air? What market segment are you trying to cater to and things like that? But um, Apple is officially following falling in line. This is the first time we've kind of seen them have to actually like follow another industry leader in terms of they've they have a tendency to do things. Although their last reaction to what was trending in the industry was a touch bar. And <laughs> I still don't know what you're thinking, Apple. Look, you can touch here and you have an emote, emoji, immediately available to you. Um, sorry. Criticisms. But still, uh, Microsoft is still kind of leader in that technology. A lot of Microsoft and Google, even Google uh, Chromebooks, um, two-in-ones are phenomenal. Um, but just kind of a cool little piece happening there. Uh, and other tech news, um, kind of also one of the things that's happening as um, the coronavirus uh, progresses, um, or as we take precautions against it, I should say more so, um, is that Verizon is offering their members or their their customers 15 free gigabytes this month. Nice. Which is kind of cool. 
not that I need it. I still have unlimited, but um, just kind of a cool thing because I guess what else you got? But at the beginning, if you're home, are you really using your phone on data? Just saying. Um, <laughs> uh, and any other tech news? Not a whole lot. Uh, there's a lot of Google Fi- uh, Google Pixel 5 rumors floating around right now. Um, but Google, as we mentioned, Google I.O. 2020 has been permanently canceled, not just postponed or delayed um, amongst everything. So we are probably looking at like a lot of just random leaks happening. And it is possible that uh, the entire thing has been leaked at this time. Um, but again, everything's rumor based until Google advises otherwise. But yeah, that is dongle news. With that, then, let's jump into the tangibles, where we talk about all things board games, Magic the Gathering, and tabletop games. This week, um, I really wanted to do a a shout-out to some people, and that is for people that um, are looking to play more D&D, maybe because they are home or because they just want to get into it more. I wanted to give a shout-out to a group. And so this is a group called Printable RPG they um, have a Patreon. I'm not a supporter. I don't know them. I just saw this post and thought it was really cool and wanted to give this a shout out. Like they released 45 of their battle maps for free um, for people to use. Um, and I just think that that's like a really cool thing to kind of give people something to to have enjoyment in these times. Um, and I just want to kind of say as a whole, I encourage people to go check out um, our battle maps. If you're on Reddit, we'll throw a sub a, a link in the show notes because having maps and stuff like that is a really cool way to sp- kind of spoof up or make your online games more spiffy. Especially if you remember to put them in the right layer so that your players can actually see them. Um, that helps. That's not important. Uh, yeah. Um, and so I want to just give that that subreddit and a kind of a shout out for that and encourage people to look for those things um, and support those people that are kind of helping other people during this time. Yeah. So shout out to them. Keep playing games. All the games. And one of every game, please. Everyone. Forever. Forever. And so with that, let's jump into our top three list for this week where we are talking our top three schools, jobs, or businesses, um, kind of with the Persona 5 Royal coming out soon. Um, it kind of got me thinking. And so I wanted us to do this top three. And so, Chris, why don't you start us off? So my first listing um, is kind of more obscure sunnydale or university of california sunnydale cameron's like i don't know what that is yeah i don't know what is this (laughs) it is the school that is built on the pits of hell for buffy the vampire seller (laughs) (laughs) and just because just a throwback to one of josh sweden's um better periods granted Mm -hmm. alan's stuff is actually really good in my opinion um uh, but the vampire students and everything um, and a vampire slayer. And also I'm also, I wanted to do this because of the job that I, I, I have this one is it's kind of my twofer. Um, Cause I'd never do those um, for the job as the watcher or in <laughs> Buffy's case, uh, the librarian that does ultimately train the slayer to defeat the vampires and demons. My first one, um, I kind of wanted to get the obvious one out of the way, and that's Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters. 
from the X-Men series. Um, while I definitely think Xavier as a character has a whole lot of flaws, um, I love the idea of this school and kind of what it stood for as a place where anyone was welcome, um, a place that people could be safe, a place that people could learn more about what makes them unique and how they can contribute. Um, I mean, there was that whole side of like basically training a paramilitary organization. That's probably a little bit more sketchy, but you know, it's comic books. I also really love how a lot of newer media has ripped, ripped off this idea um, and whether tried to like make it look better or made it like, or kind of shown like the dark underbelly, like we saw with um, Umbrella Academy. Um, I think it's really cool to kind of see how this is such an iconic place that it's been referenced and spun off and people have used that idea for so many different things. So, oh, and I guess I should say before we get to your next one, Chris, last week we talked about Hogwarts kind of being the obvious choice for this. So Hogwarts is not on either of our lists because of that. I know Um, it's just, it's, it's too much of a obvious one, too good of a one because not going to lie. I'd go there. Yeah, I would go there. Um, so listeners before we get any hate mail which of course we don't get because our listeners are great just want to let y'all know that that is why hogwarts is not on either of our lists because it would definitely be on both so but chris what is your number two my number two is greendale community college (laughs) from the tv show community nice granted they probably wouldn't let me in their study group oh why is that chris because they're too close-knit they don't accept. They don't let anyone in their study group. That's very clicky of them. Right. I don't even know how Pierce is still in the study group. I don't know. I'd find a way in. But then I'd be that awkward side character in the show that's always trying to get join the study group and gets yeah turned away until I could blackmail him with something like chain or it. beat him at paintball. Yeah. Except for there's so many of them, and one of me. You just gotta. You just gotta get good. <laughs> Um, but yes, Greendale Community College, just because it's so random. So uh, I loved Community. It's uh, a phenomenal sh- uh, series uh, and just fun about random things about college life or being like the older people because it's community college in college is probably too relatable as well. I'm going to take this as a time to do a very similar pick, and that is Dunder Mifflin Paper Company. well i don't know if i could handle working there it is definitely one of the best um companies out there when it comes to um kind of how memorable it is and so i love the office it's definitely one of those shows that has made such a big impact on my life and the life of um so many people like an our age demographic um but vendor mifflin it's the best is it no, I'm just kidding. I mean, like I said, it's not, it would not be the best to work there. But it'd be a lot of fun because it doesn't seem like you get fired for anything, though. Unless it's the very first episode where they fire someone or like the third episode or whatever, where they fire. Like, like they actually fire someone. Right. <laughs> but that's like the only time. Like everyone else is just like, like, as long as you do some work, you can play pranks on all your office workers and never get in trouble although being on the receiving end of jim's pranks would be a little frustrating but you could just escalate it and that'd be the best part escalate it just escalate it chris what is your number three my number three option is one that was given to me 
earlier today because I didn't think about it. By who? Um, I don't know. Someone from Texas. What? <laughs> Texas. Um, but uh, my number three is ultimately going to be uh, Starfleet Academy. Um, granted, it's not one that gets a lot of emphasis in the series or anything, but like they allude to it a lot. There are some uh, episodes based specifically around the Starfleet Academy. Um, but it'd just be kind of cool to be training to be like an officer on mm-hmm. a starship in general. Um, and like every captain alludes to their time at um starfleet academy and whatnot but it is the it does also like i'm not, i would not cut it out cut out if i were to attend starfleet academy i should just say i probably wouldn't even get in um it's pro- it's like a presti- very prestigious intense school it'd be like going to i don't know granted i got into mit but i didn't go um it'd be like going to mit um and not really having a purpose of going there that'd be that'd be me like i don't know what i'm doing i just wanted to go i'm just here (laughs) i just i'm just here give me that alumni gear i have no emphasis (laughs) granted starfleet academy is also based in a future where it probably doesn't cost anybody to go there you just have to get in (laughs) which is the hard part my last one um, is a silly one that I actually thought of, and that would be a job as a blitzball worker at the blitzball <laughs> arenas in Final <laughs> Fantasy X. And so um, Chris knows exactly what's going on here. So for listeners that might not know, in Final Fantasy X, there's a mini game called Blitzball, which is more or less like underwater soccer. It's it's um, underwater polo. <laughs> Marco Polo is our Polo. It is literally just that except for you're completely submerged. Yeah. And so like in the game itself, it's presented as this like gigantic, like multi-story sphere of water that the characters play in. And, And of course, because of limitations at the time, you play on a 2D plane in like the middle, but like in cutscenes and stuff, it's just this gigantic thing. Uh, I think it'd be so funny to be there as like the the magic and tech meets for how this arena works and all of this stuff. And like, no, conveniently, no one ever drowns and like that kind of stuff. And um, it's just such like a spectacle, um, especially the first time I think it's in Luca, the first time you get there um, and you see the whole arena for the tournament and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's just crazy. Uh, and I, it's just one of those jobs that kind of sticks out to me as like it would be insane to work here. Yeah, it would be like oh my goodness, but no one drowns because like every portion's like two minutes, so you just have to be able to hold your breath for two minutes after getting like tackled, and after getting tackled, and several other things, or getting poisoned in the middle of a match, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so crazy, and I encourage. I'll try if if I remember, I'll try to throw a, a video um, to the cutscene in the show notes. It's very early in the game, so like if you're worried about Final Fantasy X being spoiled, you're five Final Fantasies ago. But uh, we'll throw we'll throw that <laughs> in the show notes. Game. Yeah, we're spoiling PS2 games for you hey, guys now. I listened to a podcast today, and they didn't want to spoil something from Metal Gear Solid Three. I was like, you do you, man. I mean, so the Final Fantasy ones, like I understand in a sense that. Don't want to spoil anything in those. Blitzball is a sub quest side yeah. game thing. Not really spoiling anything there. Yeah. Um, outside of the daddy issues that Tia's has revolving <laughs> around the game. Um, 
but it's also one that's been remade so you can, can so you can actively play mm-hmm. it or be introduced to it so i mean i get it just play it now yeah we'll do a full spoiler sometime <laughs> i had to actually finish the game to do that so you've never finished it no it's um i think i've talked about it before it's the game i've started the most oh that's right because i typically like will start it play it for a couple days and then not play it get way too into blitzball and then never finish it (laughs) i honestly love blitzball like it's probably one of like if we were ever to do a top three mini games um i would have to exclude blitzball because of how much like i talk about it like it'd be the obvious number one it's not fun it's just one of those things that like i just super get into uh, I like going around recruiting the players oh, and trying to put, get their yeah. team. And um, but yeah, I just love blitzball, and like it's one of those like especially if you get the jack shot at the beginning, it's just so easy, and you <laughs> just so get to, like it's just like what am I even doing? But I just spend so much time doing it. Um, but yeah, right now Final Fantasy X is my travel game on Vita, and so, oh. um, but also I now have a Nintendo Switch, so player switch at your desk while you work from home yeah i mean that's probably a good way to not get work done and then look bad to my boss so question is can you play the game and still look more productive than your coworkers? that's the sweet spot Oof. that is the sweet spot i don't know if i could pull that off one of my coworkers is on the ball with stuff so oh. most of your coworkers. And there's only three of us on the team, so. Well, then you just got to look better than one other. <laughs> so, right in the middle of the pack. The best right place in the middle. To be. What do you want? I'm completely average. Uh, <laughs> but with that, um, those are our top three schools, jobs, or businesses um, from um, fiction. Chris, what is our top three for next week? Just to kind of go along with what everyone's experiencing, what are the top three things you're doing in quarantine or in social distancing what are you doing to occupy your time or if you unfortunately have been like laid off or aren't able to work what are you doing to feel like the day actually a full day portion not just your weekends um Mm -hmm. let us know we'll tell you what we've been doing which i don't know because i'm actually like being more forced i think our my bakery is officially closed so Mm -hmm. and and i want to know like what are the unique things that people found that you wouldn't have thought of or wouldn't have gotten back into or something like that? Otherwise, a couple of weeks ago, we did like our top three things that you think you would like, but you never got into. It's like maybe this maybe is you a time. got into it. Yeah, maybe <laughs> you got into them. For us, um, the other night, we went on a double date with some friends to Sonic and we just sat in our car and they sat in their car and we just talked to each other. <laughs> Like you do what you got to do. Um, and so it was, it was fun. Like, I mean, it was great to see them. It was great to chat. And um, we tried to make the most of not being able to necessarily sit like at a table together during quarantine. So. Man, you guys got it rough. Trying to like, you know, not get sick. Do what you got to do. City living. City living, yo. Yeah. <laughs> but that is the end of episode 121. Listeners, we hope you have a great week. Stay safe. Wash those hands. That's my line. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Forget I said that. Yeah. Listeners, as always, you can find us on our social media, which is 1geek411 on Facebook, Twitter, and our PlayStation community. 
You can send us an email at 1stgeek411 at gmail.com. You can write and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And check out our show notes on our website, onegeek411.com. While you're there, you can check out our sister podcast, Faith, Trust, and Pixie Dust. Then, of course, you can find us on our personal social medias. Mine is Humar Whittle. I'm not so foreign. And it's been a great week. And wash your hands. I love you.